0: Blog Talk Radio. This is yours truly the gap to guru of gumbo back at it once again here in the studio at the house in the kitchen cooking it up one more again for another week's episode look we've been doing this for five years is it five or is it seven yes yeah, five years strong plus plus a month as of today Now. Plus a month and a week. So we've been around for a minute. And I'm just grateful that we still have people that tune in to watch and listen to the show each and every week. I want to thank Ron Spikes. I want to thank um, Baron Glass for giving me my first opportunity to be on a podcast some six years ago. And then being on the podcast with those fellas over on the Smoking Glass Hour and on oh, Talking Politics, and I forget the other show that we used to do together. Um, because you know, I don't think I pay homage enough to the people that came before me that were like my mentors in this thing, and and we're still going strong here at the Gumbo Talk Show. This used to be the Gumbo Mix Show. This used to be the Gumbo Talk Gumbo, the Brandon Johnson Show, um, and in its matriculation through the years, it has become something of a labor of love for me. And I'm just grateful that there are people that actually tune in every single week to listen. And I'm ecstatic that there's something always new for us to discuss as it relates to gumbo talking. Now, for those of you who See the show for the first time, or listening online for the first time. Gumbo talk has a lot less to do about food and more to do about how we are together as Black people in this country. And in that, we're not all one um, monolithic entity. We're all different because we come from different tribes in Africa. And being from different tribes, we have different ways to view certain values and war but we all should be on a universal principle. And the gumbo Talk provides for all those different voices to come together, like your chicken, your, your sausage, your, your, your uh, crabs and shrimp, if you will, in this pot. But the root. Is the universal principle the root has to be done right in order for gumbo to be what it is and each one of the ingredients stands on its own you can taste them they are the essence of what gumbo is it's not soup it's gumbo so this is a way for everybody that wants to chime in you can call in at 515-605-9375 you can listen live on Facebook, like many people are now, and then also you can listen online at Blog Talk Radio, and I think on TuneIn Radio on the app, something like that. But you can get to that through Blog Talk Radio, finding the Blog Talk USA station where you catch the Dumbo Talk Show podcast. So having said all of that, um, hey mom, I see you. Um, the the topic today tra I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't have been blessed enough to hear my boy Toby if the bet you the drop that song try Jesus, if you haven't heard it yet um, because I love to I've been I've been rocking with him about two years now he's an underground Houston kind of Christian but more or less believer rap. He's trying to get souls to Christ, but he's also being real. And he and I and a guy named Eric Thomas, E. T. Thomas, who does the E. T. um, show. He's a speaker across the globe doing some of the things that I did, but he is taking it to a whole nother level. And this brother is a believer and I really truly think we all have the same animal spirit because when it comes to this thing about being a believer, I I am literally, this is my testimony today, I am literally a born-again, baptized believer. And I have went through several, well, I'm going to say at least three different religions, if you will, before I settled on believing in God and the trinity. Uh, I don't see it the same way as your traditional person sees it. My my journey is mine alone. It's not similar, uh, probably, to most people. Um, I think some people they have done some things and they they found Christ and whatever way they 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 view their their thing with Christ is their view. And and I don't question anybody's walk in the faith of whatever faith it is that they believe in because I get along really well with Muslim brothers, the nation of Islam. I get along really well with my Buddhist brothers. I get along well with uh, Jewish brothers. I get along well with um, um, El Rukins and you name it, GDs, um, any, any entity, you know, uh, that I've ever come across, I get along with them because I respect their view on their own issue What's up, B. Norris? Good to see you, brother. Y'all, please share on, on that share button with the friends and, and followers on your page uh, uh, for the show tonight. Um, we, we would appreciate that over here at the Gumbo Talk. Now. I'm telling you i got a different view so you can sit back and, 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 and soak up this that I'm going to share with you about tri Now, I have studied in several different world religions. I had the, the, the pleasure of going to college and studying sociology, where I got to study people and got a degree in sociology. I got a minor in criminal justice while I was there. And the reason why I went to criminal justice is because I tried other minors, but I had already had a little taste of criminal justice system in my life, and I thought it would be easy, and it was. It was. I, I chose the path of least resistance. I see you, Derek. I see you, LaGoogle. I chose the pathway of least resistance for me to be able to graduate. And I think other people went to school trying to do things that weren't them, and they didn't succeed as well because they were doing something that wasn't natural to them. And so in college, I cannot say that I really had Jesus. I had a lot of experiences when I was young at at knowing that something was, was out there um, that was protecting me. I come to find that that was angels protecting me. I mean, I, I was in a lot of unusual and unnecessary situations, but no need to go into detail, Just trust me, I've talked about it time and time again on this show, but, I'm trying to get to the point where in 2003, what's going on, Clay? I see you, brother, Um, where I decided to try Jesus. I had tried some of everything else. And the thing that was the distinct difference was Jesus, when I studied about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, it gave you a, a, a a certain sense of grace and mercy for what, You are, and if you truly come as you are, you're accepted. You don't have to go through this fraternal thing, uh, if you will, to, to, to be in the family, to get adopted. It's like there's love, and then that's it. You're in, right? Well, I have tried other things in my life, tried weed. I tried alcohol. I um I've tried uh, women. I've tried to find peace in a whole lot of different things, right? And and I come to find that Jesus was the better option. Now, not to say that's the better option for anybody else, but the thing I'm trying to get at is, with all that I just said and all that I left out of that. I, for the sake of you, don't understand what's going on, dude. I don't understand why people try me. Let <laughs> just say, Clay, driving Wi-Fi why, why, going. I hope it gets straight um, while you're driving, Clay, because I'm, I'm laying it down, and you know this. You know this story. Um, for your, those of you that don't know, I am, even though I know I look like I do and I talk like I do and I walk like I do, I'm an ordained minister. I've been knowing the calling has been on my life for years, and people would always say it, and I was like, you know, I, I deny them. But I don't even, you don't ever hear me really just be out there like, you know, call me reverend, this, preacher, that. That I don't, I don't do that. I do a whole lot of stuff, but I got Jesus. You ask me if I drink. Yeah, I drink. You ask me if I uh, cuss. Yeah, I cuss. I do a whole lot of things you don't see people doing, and I do it because I know these folks get up and go into these pool pits, these folks go up and get on these front rows, and they do it better than me. I used to go to church with this one deacon. Every Sunday morning he would teach Sunday school. He was horrible, by the way, at teaching Sunday school, but he would be drunk every Every Saturday night and Sunday morning. I think he had a tall boy before he came to church. But then you put on this persona. Uh, I, I, I'm going to keep it real. That's why I don't fit in at most establishments. I'm not into religion as much as I am spirit, spirituality, right? So, having said that, uh, why people choose to try me, I guess I look like a turn When I go out and about, and I wear my polo. I love polo shirts. Okay, they feel good and they fit me well. I love polo shirts. I ain't plugging no Ralph Lauren either. And I like my slacks. Okay. And I use and I usually most of the time this summer I haven't worn any dress shoes. I usually like a nice pair of dress shoes, right? And that's the way I roll. I mean, that's the way my daddy rolled. You know, even though he wore a lot of white socks and penny loafers with socks that matched that was his own socks that matched the color of his coat shirt I that was, I guess that's an old school thing, but he used to look a mess. He'd have a matching shirt, right? The master shorts and his socks had the stripes that match that. And I used to think this, this dude is the fool. But now I'm like, you know what, I might rock that. You know, I'm at the age AI, mid forties, my dad was rocking it back in his mid forties. I was like, you know, you look a mess but now I see whatever clean, you betch I didn't get the locals. You did put on a pair of white tennis shoes, but nevertheless, you, you, you see things differently the older you get. And I I remember, I remember, and I'm talking about trying Jesus, right? I remember my cousin Javante. I don't know if no I mean, yeah, I don't know if Jeremy was in the car. He had to be. Jeremy and Javante are brothers. They're my Uncle James left uh sons. Anyway, They was in the car. They had spent the night with with me. I'm an only child out in my place. We live in the country. Nobody thinks I'm from the city. But really and truly, I'm from a place that's way more country than anywhere around here. My mom could testify. We live in the sticks, right? And then we we also live next to a cornfield. And then on the other side was a golf club. And then down the street was an orchard. This is how far out in the woods we were. But it was a neighborhood, right? but I remember Jeremy and Javante came and stayed with us, and we went to a pancake breakfast down the hill. It's like seven, eight miles, maybe ten miles away, back to, you know, real um, society, like right down the hill. In in Hampton, uh, Illinois, which is East Molyne, but Hampton was a party this one. And Hampton being a township, there was a lot of white people, a lot of racist people. And I remember this guy was cooking, and he had said something crossways. My dad remembers the story. My dad is gone. And I know Jeremy and Javante, they were too young to remember all the details. But he said something to Jeremy or Javante, and my dad didn't forget. So my dad said something to this guy. We left. We, we ate our pancakes and sausages, whatever, and we left. And when we got up the hill about halfway, maybe two-thirds of the way home, this guy did some road rage stuff with us, right? He rolled up behind us and was honking his horn and got around us and pulled in front of us, putting on his and he pulled over. So my dad pulled over. Like, what is wrong with this My dad gets out, he's like, What the hell is wrong with you, man? Why are you tipping? You see, I got my kids, and my boys in the car, and you doing all this, that. And these dude started talking mess. So my dad turned around and walked away. He said, I don't got time. This dude went in the car, got a hammer. I never forget that. He
1: got a hammer. Now we're behind it. We're looking.
0: We're in the old Honda, 84. It was it 84? No, it wasn't an 80. Yeah, it was. It was our it was our eighty-four Honda. Accord. Oh, or was it the gold seventy eight? It was it was one of them. I can't remember if it was a hatchback or no, but I'm in the front seat, my cousin in the back seat. We're looking at this dude to wrap this hammer. My dad turns around, dude goes to throw the hammer, like, 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 hit him with it, and my dad catches it. My dad was short and stocky, but the dude had hands. And I've seen my dad throw hands a couple of times. But when dude put that hammer down, trying to hit my dad and the with that hammer, my dad caught him at 2 pieces, right? <laughs> right? And then the dude stumbled back, right, he fell up against his car, and then he came up like he was going to hit him with the hammer again. My dad, 3 pieces him. boop, boop, boop. And, and then he fell on the ground, and my dad, my dad grabbed the hammer from me, threw the hammer out into the, to the grass, and shit along the side of the covered uh, road, is the, name of the road, covered road, and and my dad told him something, and he pointed at him like this, and I, I can kind of guess what he told him, and then and then he got back in the car. I've never forgotten that experience. My dad told us, do y'all understand why I did that? And um, just get it understood that that's not right for a guy to try to hurt somebody or grab somebody with kids, right? And I've never, you know, in my lifetime, I did a lot of things as a teenager, and even in my early 20s, I've never never checked anybody with their kids. I had an experience here with a dude checking. That's going to come in later. But so it was like this guy tried my dad because I guess he felt that he was short, that he could take him, Right. And then he had this weapon that he could take him. But no form, no weapons formed against us comes up when I think about that, right? The man tried my daddy. My daddy whipped that ass. Fast forward to, like, 2005, I had been in church a couple of years, really, really heavily into it, um, I didn't do nothing but going to church. Went to church like three or four times a week. Studying. Just went to study, learn more. And I'll never forget how the church in Kilburg, Kilburg Baptist Church, put our pastor out, right? Locked the doors. I mean, changed the locks on a Saturday night, and then people would call and say, we're not having church in the morning. And I remember calling my pastor and telling him, hey, man, what's going on with the church in the morning? He said, what you mean? We he hadn't heard it. Now, the parsonage in Kilburg Baptist is right next to the church. So it's Crazy, right? I mean, like, right next door, they changed the locks on the church. These folks, who was at this I see you, dude. What's going on, Big Tommy? Um, so they changed the locks on us, told us no church. My pastor said, oh, hell no, we have a church tomorrow. And uh, we made some calls and got the locksmith back out the next morning before church service, although it was about 730 in the morning, and the locksmith changed the locks back to the key that my pastor and we went in and proceeded to have church. Now, mind you, I was close to my pastor, and I was like what you call an armor bearer at the time. I was a pastor's aide, because he didn't know anybody else to trust there after all this mess that's been going on. He started spending money uh, from the church. Most of them are dead now. Um, if they have not dead, they've been in bad health situations ever since then. That's why I know you never put your mouth on Jesus' chosen people, right, because I've seen it firsthand how it goes down when you really do something bad to a person as a chosen one, you end up in a really bad situation, like that dude with the hammer, right? So the the situation ended up being like this. We had church, and they were threatening uh, in church to attack the pastor. So I had to stand in front of the pulpit, the whole service, and keep an eye on these raggedy-ass beacons that was threatening and was canceling church because they had a dispute with the pastor. Um, The way the things rolled out after that was nothing short of being driven by God. These, These folks all ended up dead, or really serious health condition, right every one of them that was behind that ended up dead or really really ill I've seen how a dude was went with us now this is what I'm trying to get at we split off we didn't really split we started our own church the pastor was put out of there he was legally given the right to go back but then he didn't because why go back to a bad situation we started our own church. We had two of the deacons come with us. One of the deacons that came with us, he ended up going back to the church and he had a stroke. Now, this is all stuff y'all can, y'all can look up and ask anybody that's been a Kilburn Baptist for any different time. He had a stroke so bad, he lost his mind. It was just, it was a trope. I, I felt really bad for him because he was torn between good and evil. And, and he went back and that happened. But then this other deacon, this is what I'm getting to you about try Jesus for me. This other deacon and I, we he he was so taken. Now I know it wasn't him personally. I know it was the spirit. He was so taken by the devil that he got up in the middle of a midweek service, like a Wednesday night service, and just started yelling and cussing. Nothing but women and children, me and the pastor, the only other two men in there. Oh no, I forgot about Jesse Reed. Bless God rest his soul. Friend of mine, he was up. he was there, Jesse Reed. From Lakeport, and um, so he, he and I were the two men, but Jesse was kind of feeble then. And um, this particular guy stood up, cussing everything in the middle of We all looking like, what the heck is going on? So, Pastor, our Pastor Kenneth Johnson, he was formerly Slick, the Doctor of Style. I cannot make this up. A professional wrestler. Go look him up. Clay knows. Every my mama knows. I don't know who else on here knows. I see Spike. I see you, brother. But anyway, my pastor was a former WWF wrestler
1: and manager,
0: and he still had that personality, right? He really thought that everybody was a him and, you know, just, you know, whatever. Plus, he knew like Aikido and Judo. This dude was like a martial artist, right? And um, like mixed martial arts from back in the day when they did it, you know, on, on WWF, not WWE, WWF, back in the day. And uh, Lean Jean Oakley and all that, right? So I never forget Pastor told him to sit his ass down, and this dude just kept cutting up. So he went out and got in his face and checked him. Dude swung, Pastor ducked, and they started to I, I went and split him up, right? And of course I have my back to Pastor and I'm getting dude out the door. We go outside and he's cutting up. He swings not really swing swings, but his wife was trying to stop him too because she was there, and he kind of swings, and he misses her, but she was really athletic, and he was talking noise to her, and I said, hey, look, you can do all that other stuff. You a Pastor can fight y'all two men, but you're not going to be a woman like that. We're just not going to put our hands on a woman or, or be real chauvinistic like that, right? And so I told him that, so he tried to swing on me, so I caught him, Similar to me catching my my dad catching that hammer, I caught him. I didn't do nothing. I just patted him on the back. I'm like, okay, bro, you don't want to do this, right? I mean, you need to go on home and chill out. That devil is on me. He's all like, when you gonna be taking care me? What to do about my wife? That's my wife. And I'm there dad. Her gonna get her. Okay, yeah, I get it. But you're not gonna do that here. Y'all do that at home. That's your own thing. You're not gonna do that here. So he gets mad, tries to push me. You can't push me. I'm like, I was like 375, maybe 3, no, about 350 then. Yeah, 350 then. And I was still, you know, coming off of playing college ball. I was still, you know, 405, 4 5 I was still muscular a little bit, right? Um, and I was like, no, nah, bruh, we're not going to do that. So he goes to his truck, he grabs this uh, shovel and, and tries to, a spade, not, yeah, a spade shovel, and tries to swing it anywhere. So I catch the shovel and I push him. I give him the right forearm shiver, right? And this dude goes into a whole matrix form, right? Just both hands and hits the ground. I'm feeling bad for him. This is the older guy. I go down to pick him up. I get him up off the ground and stand him up. He goes, try to grab a hole out the back of the truck. So I use the shovel to knock the hole back into the truck. I snatch him up by his collar, put him in his truck. I said, Go on home, dude. I said, you're not right, now. I don't know what's going on. You get on home. I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back. i will get my pistol. I said, don't do that. I said, you better stay at home. Anyway, he went home on that. So I'm just like, that was like the last time I really got into any kind of squabble with, with a, a person um, at any kind of facility. This, was, this happened to be at church that night in Kilgore. We were still in that area. Trying to see what he's okay. Nobody's, nobody's trying to mess with me. I got everything on tonight. I'm not missing anything, right? So, uh, you, 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 I go back into college, and I remember I was at a club, and this guy that I had known, I had really, really, we got close, right, at one time because we both couldn't go home, and we stayed on the campus during um, Thanksgiving break, and so he was poor, more poor than I was in college. And I had stuff, you know. I had. I think I even had a vehicle. So, but I just didn't go home, right? And I don't know if I had a vehicle. I don't know. I didn't have a vehicle yet. That's why I was stranded. I had friends, friend ladies that would come and take me to to wherever I needed to go to get food and whatnot. But I had snacks and food in the refrigerator in my dorm room. And and so anyway. We got close. But anyway, long story short, this dude was a – I was a bouncer at a club for a long time, illuminations and that. And I did really well. I got to meet a lot of good, cool people. Right? And then I, I had to quit doing that because work got pretty heavy. I was going back and forth to Houston a lot work and worked and fooled around and went to the club to have a good time. And long story short, I had to whip his ass because he felt some type of way. I didn't know he was holler at my girl thought I knew. I didn't know. I didn't care. You know, I mean, she wasn't going anywhere. And um, he was a little salty that she didn't get in the play, but then he thought that I might have an issue with him out of that And I had no idea, but he checked me, and I went through that And I just wondered, why would he do that? I'm like, you know, we were friends, but, you know, did you think that I, I was going to let you just do me any kind of way? And there's been other situations with people with money, People, you know, trying to a lot of a lot of people trying to attack my character. A lot of people trying to manipulate me over the years. That That happens to everybody. But for the sake of me, why would you do that? I can see it coming when it's coming. I'm going to cut you off, and if I have to, I'm going to have to cut you. But other than that, I'm I'm not that one to be tried. I really truly think that even though a person, you know, looks a certain way, I throw these glasses on and I and I talk a different way than most people talk. I, I, I was uh, somewhere today and my mom had called and uh, they heard my mom talk. It was like I thought that was a white man. I was like no this is the Midwest. That's how we talk you know and uh, I love to get you know, I've always gotten explained that my, my vernacular comes from both Louisiana, now Texas, and Illinois, and I just talk with them sometimes. And when I really get when I really get excited, I go right back to my original dialect and I talk very proper, according to the Southern vernacular. And I just talk like right I'm home. And and it's it's amazing that because you talk a certain way, people think you're a certain way. I've never been one when I and I've been on a lot of board meetings. Of course, a lot of, lot of, lot of executive committee meetings, and I've served. Y'all know I served in different capacities of leadership uh, all over the place, right? And and I still am the same person in that boardroom room um, at a board meeting as I am around the barrel with a little communal meeting with a little, you know, ripple. Around the team I'm the same person. It's just that my voice sometimes. It, 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 I was talking to my friend girl Andrea yesterday, and she was talking. About, do you know what your voice does? And I was like, No, because of my voice. But I know my voice is my gift, right? I do know that. And so she was, she was, she and I was discussing this how my voice is that it just wakes wakes people up. I was like, Well, I don't know about that because otherwise there'd be a whole lot more real people. But nevertheless. Um, because of my voice I guess some people think that In me is some form of weakness I'm stronger Inside Than I am outside I, I may be 6'4 ish And 400 ish And that's big To a lot of people But to me That means nothing compared to my spirit and my soul, which is much stronger than what I appear on the outside. And that being so, a lot of people get a pass that cross me, but not everybody. And I'm just talking to the masses that I hope that somebody else feels the way I do. If you cross me, you would do better off trying to. You do much better off. Now, now Jesus has a way of correction, like and God has a way of correction, like nobody else does. But me, I only have the resort to make you feel bad, either with my my tongue, or put my hands on you. And if you cross a line where it requires me to put my hands on you, then whatever the outcome is, is the outcome. Yes, I believe in, in the rights of what is it, Second Amendment? I believe in that, right? I really do. Uh, but that's not the first that's not the first resort. Um that is the last resort. But what's going on, Dimitri? I see your brother. And I see you, uh, sharp The Enrique, did I speak to you? Uh I see you out there though. That's like my baby sister. The the way the way things are, we look at people, and we don't look into people. We look over people. We don't look for people. Um. We look through people instead of. what's inside you you've got to know that when they come to that scripture where it says watch fight and pray we know there's going to be some bystanders that are only watched and there's going to be those prayer words that every time something happens there's got to be a prayer but you forget in the middle it's not, it's not the, the primary and it's not the tertiary. It's in the middle. The middle thing is fighting. And whether you're fighting spiritually or you're fighting physically, it's a fight. And some of us are in for the free. If, if we are the body of Christ, because God said on the seventh day that he rested. He never said he he, he got back up for that rest, right? He rested. That's God the Father. Jesus, when he uh, left out of here in the flesh and blood, he said, I'm done. When he came back flesh And boom, he said, it is finished. When he gave up the ghost, the Holy Ghost, to be able to enter into anybody who chooses to accept the Holy Spirit, which is God, into them, that was it. We became the body of Christ. God is the head. We do the work either of ourselves, of the devil, or of God. Those are the three things you can do after you've accepted God into you. You can either do things yourself, do things for the devil, because the devil can't influence you. Whether or not you understand it or not, if you in Christ or not, the devil can't dwell in you. But the devil can still influence you. The devil tried to influence Jesus. Remember that. And then you can do things for God. It's always a good thing because see, you're gonna come across one of these these folks out there protesting. They're gonna come across one of these cops, right, in these southern towns, and they just gonna kill him That's what they want to do now. They want to kill the the. The protesting is is something, right? The the, the protesting is, is something. It disrupts the system, trying the system. The problem is the system isn't broken. The system is set up. For them to be able to send out these federal warriors because they're not doing the bidding of the prosecution and attack you and put you under arrest for some federal reason, now you have a Fed case on you, and there's not much you can do. um with the Feds, usually when they come after you, you got maybe a a five to ten percent maybe chance, maybe five to fifteen percent chance that you're you going you to be And that's just the way it is. There's so many ways to fight um, a system. But listen, even in that, I'm not getting out there with all them people with the coronavirus going on and doing nothing in no public place. But I've had people come at me, a lot of younger people, right, right? They come at me talking about well, you're not doing nothing if you're not out here protesting, we're out here on the front lines. And where are you 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 used to? No, I didn't. I always told people I'm not into rallies, um, protest that way. I'm into if you want to find me protesting, I'm trying to tell everybody not to go shopping this Texaco in the Road. I'm telling people to reduce your chance back when it was lively Cadillac. Don't buy a Cadillac in there. Go to go get ore from Shreveport. That ore is here. But these places, at the one time, I was like, hey, don't go shop at Chick Fil A because of all these places with their racist background. I'm not talking about over the country. I'm talking about just here in Longview. I was telling people, don't shop them. That's why you heard them. You don't spend your money there. But see, when they, they 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 whoop you, and they cuss on you, and they spit at you, whatever whatever cuss at you and spit on you and then you go spend $50,000 on a truck or $60,000 on a Cadillac with it because you like a Cadillac, um, you ain't doing nothing but perpetuating their ability to do what they've been doing to you because you're giving them money. When you go buy a chicken sandwich or two from a person that evidently has a problem with blacks and leadership, um, you've you got to question that. Now, that person has corrected many his everything. I know personally, and maybe he had a Jesus moment. I don't know. I I buy chicken things. But the the thing of it is, is that in order to get people to really understand you, you've got to try them on a level where they understand, where you can really get them up But trying a person the wrong way, the results can end up really bad for you. Now, on the other hand, if you try, try Jesus, your results will probably be much, much better because you're going to learn how to deal with it. I I must admit that there are some things in the King James Council of Nicaea 66 canonical version of the Bible that I don't agree with because they're not really um, necessarily the exact written word of God as he had originally set forth. The, the, the Apocrypha is still out there, and it's good to study that, too. I see you back, Clay. The Apocrypha is out there. There's all kinds of other books that are supporting because you've you, you got to study to show thyself approved, Right. And if you're doing that, well, that means that studying requires several books. And if you can't understand a phrase in the Bible, you have to go back to – I didn't put them out. I should have put them out today because I know I'm talking about There are several different Bibles you can read as far as versions, right? And then um, transliterations. And then there's lots of – what is it? Dictionary. And thesauruses But strictly for Bible study That you can use To help you You're much better Studying that Than than trying to study a person See the the thing that gets Crossed up When you study a person The wrong way it, it, It seems like you hate it You're trying to figure out How to beat them At something that you don't like them doing That's a thin line between studying and hating on somebody. You could be misconstrued, and if found out that you're hating on somebody, there are people that will put their hands on. Me, on the other hand, for most of the haters, they just kind of look in observation world and talk down. I appreciate it because as long as I've got haters hating, I must be doing the right thing. The moment when everybody loves you, y'all have heard this before, the moment where you feel like everybody around you appeases you and loves you, you're in a place where you're not even going to be effective because you've now become more of a trophy. People look at you and adore you. Um, that's what a trophy does. That's what a trophy is for. It sits on the shelf. But if you're stirring things up, if you're an agitator, and I mean a good agitator, I mean in the words of John Lewis, when you're looking for good trouble, when you do that, you're going to have haters. Because what happens if you don't stir things up that aren't right? Things settle at the bottom, and it's not mixed up in, in, the, in the real lighter manner. So the heavy things are at the bottom, and everything light is at the top, and then you have this 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 void area in the middle. If you amulsify, you've made dressing, and dressing, everybody knows. I know you folks that eat salad with no dressing, you're weird. You're like a rabbit or something. You are weird, okay, just so you know. Dressing is good on salad, okay, So dressing is an emulsification of two elements that don't combine very well.
1: And the only way
0: you can do that is to stir it up. I'm not one of those people that believes that white people and black people can't coexist together. I think we can once people, especially uh, people that are the majority, understand that people in the minority are not, that doesn't mean they're inferior. It just means there's less in numbers. That's all it means. There's less in numbers. Um, If you don't have a certain level of diversity going on, and when I say diversity, I mean true cultural diversity, not somebody who's black that wants to be black or hates themselves, somebody who really understands their own culture but also wants to have cultures messed together like gumbo, then we've got something that is of what I think this country is supposed to be about. I don't think we're there yet, right? I, I don't think we're there yet. Uh, but if there's enough agitation going on, we will have a more perfect union. I know for y'all it's 60 seconds, but for these folks we talked to. You. So when you look at all the things that you can do and how they get done, whether it's at a boardroom or around a barrel, whether you're here in America or abroad, whether you're a professional, right, a white-collar professional or a blue-collar professional, whether you're highly educated or you have very little education, there is no barrier keeping us from obtaining the uh, pursuit of happiness in this country. But the way the system is set up, there are people that place themselves as obstacles in our lives. Now, with these obstacles, here's the problem. It would be.